Welcome to the Hub Crawl, a roundtable podcast discussing all things Disney. I'm Eric. And I'm Tag. Each episode, we invite two guests to bring a question and talk about one of our favorite things, Disney. This week, we want to welcome the co-host of Park to Park podcast, owner blogger at theweeklymouse.com. She's a former DLRCM and now a WDW local. You can tell she's a pro because she uses the acronyms. <laughs> it's CJ. <laughs> welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. Well, you know, you've got all the acronyms and your name is an acronym. So we just got everything going for ourselves. (laughs) Well, also joining us this week, he was seen in the background of Fresh Bakes DCA update on August 20th, 2023. I don't know why that's the thing you decided to pick, but it's James. I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, both of you. I I got to keep on coming up with new intros. I can't just say he's a producer on Deal Weekly. I mean, now you've been out room from you're your co-host tag. You're joining Eric on the like hundred things that people could find you on the internet because Eric has a bunch of different <laughs> podcasts. You are in a fresh baked video now. You know where does it end? No. Well, thank you all for joining us. Let's start off with our first question, Eric. What do you got for us this week? Kind of an easy one, I think. In some ways, uh, what's your favorite Disney resort hotel and why? CJ, kick us off. Okay, I picked one for Disneyland Resort and Walt Disney World Resort. When I was a cast member, my primary work location was the hotels, and my home location was the Grand Californian Hotel and Spa, but my favorite at Disneyland Resort is the Disneyland Hotel. That was my secondary work location. It just has that timeless, classic Disney feel, and in my opinion, better bang for your buck. Hmm. Yeah. And at Walt Disney World, I've stayed at probably like five or six of the resorts, And I picked Kidani Village there. It's part of the Animal Kingdom Lodge. It's the DVC side. And I might be biased because the time that I stayed there, we left our child at home. And it was like just the two of us and my best friend and her (laughs) husband. But it was like, it just felt like a nice escape. And it was quiet. It doesn't have like a big, grand, loud lobby. It's nice and quiet and intimate and kind of set apart from everything else. So to me, it felt like a really nice vacation escape. Solid choices. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Tay, what about you? Well, Eric and I have this conversation all the time, which I think he's goading me into with uh, Disney Resort (laughs) Hotel stuff, because he always stays at Disney Resort Hotels. And I totally agree that you need to in Disney World, but Disneyland's a different thing, which is why I did not pick any Disneyland hotels. I will say that I think I like the Polynesian. Now, before going to Disney World, I used to dream of staying at the Grand Floridian because it's kind of like the flagship place. But then I went there and I was like, this is kind of nice, but I think I like the Polynesian better. I love the theming there. I love the beach that you could easily see everything and the fireworks and everything. And of course, you could do that at the Grand Floridian as well. But the Polynesian just really hits it out of the park for me. But I also have to give a runner up because I have dreamed for as long as I've ever thought about going to Disney World. I always thought the contemporary looked so cool. It's got a monorail going right through the middle of it. It's a unique design. Nothing else looks like it. It's amazing. I would totally love to stay there. So I think those two are at the top of my list for sure. James, what about you? This is tough. The only time I've stayed on Disney property when I was younger and we stayed at the Swan. So my experience at Disney property is very limited. My first thought, though, having not had much experience in the parks, was something cool like the Disneyland Hotel at Tokyo Disneyland. Because how cool would it be to like stay in the park actually and have kind of mm. that view and everything? Mm-hmm. 
So totally like, I wouldn't quite call it like bucket list level, but when when we ever make it to Tokyo, I feel like that would just be such a cool experience. More realistic, probably the contemporary, just because I think the design is is super cool and it just it just has the right vibe that I feel like I'm kind of looking for in that whole experience of just something different than what I can find in a lot of other places. And so I I get really excited for that kind of idea. But I'd still put like my Tokyo list on the top for sure. Eric, where where are you going to keep us? Well, I wasn't even thinking about the international hotels, but that's a that's a really good one. It, Polynesian it hand James always <laughs> hands down for me. Polynesian. I've stayed there once. I somehow find a way to get there every time that we visit, <laughs> usually visiting Tambu Lounge or sometimes Trader Sam's. Yeah, it's really our vibe. We have a tiki room in our our home. Because of the Polynesian. <laughs> now, you you don't mean a enchanted tiki room. You just mean a tiki room. Yes, it is a tiki okay. room. There's nothing enchanted about it, but it is always it is always tiki. And we do always have a Christmas, a white Christmas tree up in there. Oh, nice. Does, I love that. Does, it, does it come with the delicious French toast, too? No, no. Oh, gosh. If I it, Tonga toast is an indulgence, I will not allow myself to create. <laughs> I suppose that's a little enchanted. We did get one of these these little magic band readers where it turns on the lights in your room. So you scan your magic band and just any magic band will do. And it turns on all the lights. It's just one of those remote things, which is kind of fun. I think that's enchanted. <laughs> that's a thing. Eric has an I enchanted tiki room. It's there got we go. special effects. It's enchanted. Yeah. All right. That's great. I do agree with you, CJ. Animal Kingdom lodge is fantastic i stayed there one night once and it was so different from every other resort i've ever stayed at i mean i really like wilderness because it is so quiet and serene outside and everything but animal kingdom was just another thing altogether and waking up and and sitting out on the balcony and watching a giraffe walk by and all of that like, oh, I, I recommend it. It's it's yeah. in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It takes yeah, forever just, to get anywhere from it. But I just think to myself, where else can you find that in the United States? And I don't with that Disney level of service. I don't know that you can. And it's so peaceful, a nice, tranquil escape from the craziness of the theme parks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I would love to take a longer vacation there and, and probably mm-hmm. will someday. All right. I think that wraps up question number one. CJ, what did you bring us this week? So, since our podcast is about comparing Disneyland Resort to Walt Disney World Resort, I thought we would do a little showdown, and I'm going to ask you guys to pick the best version of each of these rides between Disneyland and Walt Disney World, Space Mountain, Pirates, and Jungle Cruise. Let's start off with Tate. This is tough, because, I mean, these are all great attractions, and they are all different between the two parks. It's not like they're carbon copies. So I think that I'll have to say that for all three, for me, Space Mountain, Pirates, and Jungle Cruise, I think I have to pick Disneyland over Disney World. I know a lot of people pick Jungle Cruise at Disney World because there's that like inside scene. I actually don't like that at Disney World. Just my opinion. I'm not judging other people who might like it. Space Mountain, I like sitting next to somebody, and I think the sound system and stuff is better. It is cool to kind of be next to another car at Disney World, but... I still think that the audio system and stuff and sitting next to someone is better at Disneyland and pirates like in the traditional pirates of the Caribbean attraction, I would say 
Disneyland has it because it's longer. It has the cave scene. It's like it's Walt's last thing. Like, you know, it's got all of that. Pirates of Disney World is fine. I will say Pirates in Paris was way better than I remember it when we went this summer. And of course, Pirates in Shanghai looks just crazy. (laughs) But I don't consider that like it is a Pirates attraction, but I feel like it's not the same. Like, I feel like you can't compare that to the other ones because they're too different. Now, if you would have said Big Thunder, I would have gone with Disney World because there's a section of track that goes kind of back and forth. Yes. That's right next to the regular with the bathtub guy. Yeah. Yeah. Really (laughs) cool. I do really love that. Yeah. Yeah. So I really love that. And but 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 I also Uh, have to give Big Thunder to Paris because the Paris version is the (laughs) best. You go to the island. It's thrilling. It's amazing. James, Paris what about you? It, Paris isn't in this fight, Tank. I <laughs> know, but I feel like I have to give my full answer. I'm sorry. James, what, what's your opinion? I have to be honest. I don't remember the differences between the Jungle Cruise too much. If I remember right, Disney World's is a little longer and more spacious with a lot more time in it. Mm-hmm. And so I like the chaos that comes with the Disneyland Resort one just because of how the humor lines up and everything. I feel like there's just so much more joy of how many jokes can I pack into this thing and we're past the tiger, but I still want to make the joke of tigers jump 30 feet. So there, there's just something really charming for me about that one. I love the Jungle Cruise as an attraction. I think the reason I probably don't pay that much attention to the difference is I'm too busy watching and listening to the skippers, especially when you get a good one. <laughs> Space Mountain, I prefer Walt Disney Worlds. I, I think that the track feels better to me for what I'm expecting out of it. And Space Mountain being generally my favorite attraction that I get when I get to a Disney park that I just I like I like the toboggan style. I, I like the the two cars at once. There there's just something that really works for me on that one. And then Pirates, I had to divide on this one because I love the queue in Disney World. I, I think it is so well done and set to be immersive. Whereas Disneyland's, it's like you walk into a building <laughs> and <laughs> you're there. Exactly. And I'm like, okay, it's Lafitte's Landing. Hooray. We're in New Orleans or something. And oh, which I, I mean, it makes sense because you're in New Orleans Square. But like, they definitely just... weren't thinking about queues back in the day when that no. opened. <laughs> No, and so that's what really makes Disney World's just shine for me for that one. It's just such a nice experience to really walk through and have all of that around you. Like you feel like you're going into a pirate town, and I, I just I, I love that sensation. But the attraction as a whole, I, I like the longer story. I like the the Disneyland uh, experience with that one. So you know, you put Disney World's queue with Disneyland, and I got I got the perfect ride. And uh, since Tag's talking about Paris, it's so weird going on Pirates at Disneyland Paris that has like the same scenes as Disneyland, but in a different order. Like that whole story is a different experience. And <laughs> it's it's like someone is reading a childhood like favorite story and they've decided to go page one, page seven, page eight, page three. <laughs> And it's confusing, but it was still. You got to admit the waterfall into the pirate battle scene is amazing. Oh, that was fantastic! But we didn't get to go up the waterfall. Yeah. Lost did you say Big Thunder when I was spacing out? I did not say Big Thunder. That's easy. Disney World is far superior to Disneyland's. Wow! It is, it is a wild, wild ride in the wilderness, and mm. I think it's it's a much much better experience for me. Yeah. Okay, that was a lot of opinions. Eric, your turn. <laughs> James, I knew I liked you. 
<laughs> yeah, we well as a as a person who has spent many 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 hours comparing these rides against each other, <laughs> I spent four hours trying to uh, prove that Walt Disney World's Pirates was better. I failed. <laughs> <laughs> I, at least as far as the show is concerned i learned a lot of great stuff check out passport to dreams blog fox nolte has so many great opinions on the florida ride yeah i i really like it i like the q and pirates at at florida that's the one i grew up with but coming to disneyland and going there's so much more there's so much more in this ride I, I do kind of have to hand it to them. The only thing I don't really like, I, I don't even mind the the non-queue. The thing I don't like about Disneyland's is getting, you know, rear-ended as you wait for 10 <laughs> minutes to head back up the waterfall. Like, come on. I you know, The last two so times I've ridden it, it's been better. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe I've, not thrown I've, so I've, many boats. Yeah. Something. Okay. Space Mountain, Walt Disney World. I I love the queue. It's so weird. It, you're just basically scrambling around in the dark, walking up a ramp. Sometimes <laughs> there are games there. Sometimes there are weird old timey effects to see. <laughs> I love the two tracks. They don't always have both of them going. You don't always know where you're going to end up when you get to the top. Sometimes it's just for Genie Plus on the one side. Sometimes you have to go down this weird back hallway in the queue. <laughs> That's really odd. That has no air conditioning. Yeah. Right. You're like, where <laughs> are we? This is this feels like a break room. <laughs> I, I miss Mario Lopez in the queue. Mario Lopez was in the queue. <laughs> yeah, there used to be a video playing. Oh, wow. And now it's just dark and uh, music plays. <laughs> I do miss the music on the cars, and I don't necessarily appreciate how rough the tracks are these days, but I, I just love the two tracks. They're more interesting tracks, I think, than Disneyland's. Disneyland, for me, gets kind of repetitive. It's like, okay, go this way, bump, okay, take a right turn. And there's a there's this really big spiral that's a big portion of it. So that's why I like Walt Disney World's better. And then you get a nice you get a nice speed ramp at the end. Although I, they took that out, didn't they? They did. Oh, that's right. And everybody's legs are sad at the end of that, right? Right. Like, no, I just wanted to stand and watch myself on TV. <laughs> Jungle Cruise, Walt Disney World. The only thing I don't like about Walt Disney World is that somehow there's always an hour line. Yes. I don't I hate that. I, I don't I don't get it. There are times at Disneyland you can get on pretty quick. Walt Disney World is always like, okay, well, I got to get a Genie Plus reservation for this one. Big Thunder That's their also. Plan, Eric. That's their plan. Yeah, I, it, <laughs> it is weird. The indoor, like the the temple, most most of the skippers don't say anything in there. They just stand there mm. quietly. <laughs> I've noticed that too, and I'm like, they must be told not to say anything in there. I've you I've know? heard it's some sort of tradition, but I've also had people continue to give jokes. I don't know. It is weird. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Big Thunder Walt Disney World, for sure. It's smoother at Disneyland and you've got the better effects in the dynamite room. But it the way it loses steam at the end, you're like, oh, well, the last third <laughs> of the ride, I guess I'll just wait until we're done. <laughs> but you got to ride the back row at Disneyland. Back row. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> CJ, what are you thinking? <laughs> Okay, I'm like 
mentally changing my mind on Uh-oh. a couple of these as we're talking. <laughs> so first of all, Space Mountain, I have to give it to Disneyland because I'm not here to break my back at Magic Kingdom. And <laughs> <laughs> I really <laughs> I really like the onboard audio. And I like that they do different versions. You know, they have like the Ghost Galaxy version, which I know they haven't done in a while, but they had it at least in the Star Wars version, which was really fun. I will say when we were doing our episode on Space Mountain, we read the descriptions of from the Disney website and the Walt Disney World one was talking about like some sort of wormhole. And I know exactly what part of the ride that is. That's at the end where you're in like that tunnel and it's red <laughs> and it goes where, 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 where. Right. <laughs> I really like that part. For That's great. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Disneyland wins overall. For Pirates, Disneyland Again, it's just a longer ride and it's there's more story to it. I'm a lot about building the story. And I think the Disneyland version, you get the bulk of the story on the ride versus Disney World. You get the background of the story in the queue and you don't always get to like pay attention to the queue. Sometimes it's a short wait and you're just getting to the ride. Running. Yeah. Yeah. Jungle Cruise. This is where I'm changing my mind. I initially said the Magic Kingdom version, and I do enjoy the ride portion of the Magic Kingdom version. And I like the temple part. I think that sets it apart. Where Disneyland wins, and this is a strange one, I appreciate how Disneyland has engineered the queue for that ride. Because it goes upstairs and it splits into two and then you go downstairs, but you're still in two separate lines and there's no physical barrier. There's just a painted line on the stairs. And everybody respects that. And I'm like, what is the sorcery? How did they make this happen? So the fact that they're able to engineer this crazy, physically long queue in such a small space and get people efficiently moving through it, I really appreciate that. Do you know what's even crazier? Two things. One, the the line, Teresa calls it the magic tape because when they do certain (laughs) other queues in the park, they put the tape on the ground and people just pay attention to it. And she's like, it's magic tape. But the other thing is, if there's a long line for Indy, they will split the Indy line and put the Indy line on the upstairs of mm-hmm. Jungle Cruise, which I was like, wow, this is really flexible. You can mm. do two attractions, same queue. That's pretty awesome. That is yeah. a really interesting point. Yeah, the, the cool people space. engineering of that park is fascinating to me. And I think Jungle Cruise is a prime example of where they've been able to be really successful at that. And they haven't had to add Genie Plus to it. Fingers crossed they don't, because I think that's a big problem at Magic Kingdom. We can talk about that later. (laughs) And then Big Thunder. I was really split on this when we recorded our episode on it, and to a degree I still am, but the Magic Kingdom version is the winner for me as of now. It might change at some point, but for me, a lot of it is about the setting and building the story of the ride, and I think where Frontierland is situated in Magic Kingdom you're more out there in the wilderness. You know, they call it the wildest ride in the wilderness and it's just big thunder and splash mountain slash Tiana's Bayou adventure. It's on its own. It's secluded. Whereas the Disneyland one, it's like butting up against fantasy land and galaxy's edge and the Mark Twain dock. Like it's really not in the wilderness anymore. That said, I do enjoy the special effects on the Disneyland version. And I wish they would implement that at magic kingdom. I wish they'd fix the smoke machine at Disneyland because that used to work and it hasn't worked in years. Yeah. Um, And it's just not as impactful when there's that big explosion and there's like, you don't see the projections before you're like, where? It's like, what's happening? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Cool sound effects. Yeah. 
Well, that is two questions down, which means we have reached our halfway point. If you would like to support us, you can go to thehubcrawl.com slash support. And for as little as $5 a month, you can become a supporter where you get access to our Discord chat and are able to get longer versions of our episodes where we always have a bonus question. This week's bonus question that our supporters get access to is... Disneyland versus Disney World Haunted Mansion. So kind of like the question we just had, but talking about the Haunted Mansion. So if you want to hear how that goes down, thehubcrawl.com slash support. Become a supporter. If you want to stick around, please help us. We would greatly appreciate it. To be fair, I asked the supporters all of the comparison questions. And Chris and Marie, as always, showed up, even though I asked it an hour ago. Yeah, they're wonderful. (laughs) Thank you, you, Marie. Dear listener could be wonderful as well and mentioned on the show <laughs> you've joined the discord there you go all right back to the questions tag oh man i don't i don't know where i wanted to go with this i think i was in a huff <laughs> when i wrote the question what do you think needs to be changed if anything with genie plus and lightning lane james uh it's perfect obviously we don't need to change it at all no toss it to eric no please <laughs> <laughs> a lot of revenue i agree <laughs> all about the the bottom line i i think i the big problems i see with it is that i feel like too often uh, disney's trying to implement these the same at both parks and both parks are distinctly different they have different clientele different ways that people go and different experiences and so this is one thing that just doesn't work to do it the same way and and so i i probably on the the rash team of I think they got to be scrapped and rethought out to make sure that they are the right value and not impacting the day-to-day park goer. I I like to think of these kind of as those nicer experiences kind of like a VIP tour where you get that prime access and that's the line that people get to skip and save some time whereas the normal everyday park person can just hop in, get in the queue and go through things. I remember it from my childhood of having things like that and made it pretty easy and then kind of seeing the changes evolve as I've been an adult going back. I don't think I have as strong of opinions as the people that are going to keep going. So I'm just going to let the fire start burning as uh, Eric gives us an answer. (laughs) (laughs) I Well, I I think we're going to keep ramping up on the fire because I generally... I I give up, you know, hey, do 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 what you want. I'll figure out a way to to optimize it. At Disneyland at Disneyland Resort, it works pretty well. I I miss being able to go on multiple rides. I I mean, I was a Max Pass pro. The the change from Fast Pass to Max Pass, like I'll pay for that. I can get on rides quick all day long. But that's kind of I guess they're more it's it feels less unfair because so many people are locals. There are there are people who could learn how to do it if they want. Walt Disney World, so many people are this is their their one trip or their their one, you know, one of two trips that they do in their life, or they're coming from another country. They don't know what they're prepared for. And there's just not a lot to do. Some of these parks, like, okay, well, if I buy it, what am I what am I getting on? I'm gonna get on Everest. Okay. I mean. Sure, why not? I guess I could do Everest and Kilimanjaro safaris, and nothing else is really worth paying this money for. I say dump the paid lightning lane and just make the whole thing more expensive so we get fewer people involved. That's probably not going to work because as we've seen so many times with Disney lately, the more you you, you 
ramp up the price, the more people just pay for it because they they value that they value that experience. They know, well, if I do this, then there are a few times a day that I'm going to walk past the line and I don't care about all the people who are just standing there watching 20 people roll past. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I maybe at Walt Disney World add the ability to go to these attractions more than once, maybe just twice, maybe unlimited like like a max pass sort of situation. I think that would make a difference for me, but but yeah, it, the balance is always off when you're just standing in line and they're trying to clear out a far too long genie plus line. You're like, well, I don't feel like they care about me at all. And that's not a great feeling to have at Disneyland. CJ, what are you thinking? So I let me preface this by saying I have only used Genie Plus at Walt Disney World twice when we had people visiting and not ever at Disneyland, but I will be using it for the first time in January at Disneyland. And I will also say that we are disability access users because my son has various disabilities. But when I go like on my own or with just my husband or friends or whatever, like we just don't use it. It's so expensive. It's not Mm -hmm. worthwhile at all for locals. Like we're, we're a party of four. What are we going to do? 20 plus dollars per person for what, four hours in the park? That doesn't make any sense at all. The other problem is the app in general is so incredibly glitchy. I would be <laughs> like hesitant to use it because the app just sucks. It does not work. And like I've gone up, I've tried to like change disability selections that we have and it just doesn't work. It's like, sorry, something went wrong. So I go up to a cast member and they're like, we'll turn on the location. I'm like, it has nothing to do with GPS signal. Like your app sucks. Like, please help me. (laughs) Don't tell me to turn the location on and off. The other problem is standby lines have gotten so much longer because they prioritize the paid guests. They, They just do. And it sucks to be standing there in line and watching tens of dozens of possibly a hundred people walk by you and you're like, come on, what the heck here? And I feel bad for the cast members because I've seen instances where like they're getting yelled at by standby guests, like, Hey, it's our turn. And that's just not a good scenario for cast members to be in. So in my perfect world, I would go back to the fast pass plus days. I liked that it was free. And quite frankly, I think it was a fair system. Yes. You had to know how to work the system to make it like worth it as much as you could. But I think that's not as complicated as it is now. Like a little bit Mm -hmm. of research will tell you, get on there at X AM 30 days, 60 days out, book your fast passes. These are the ones you should get. I also think if they went back to fast pass plus and made it, you know, a hotel guest gets 60 days in advance, that would restore some of the value to staying on property because let's face it, an on-property resort stay, the value has been greatly diminished while prices have gone up. So I think that would partially solve that problem. But, you know, if it were me, I would say no skip the line option. Nothing. Go back to standby only unless you have a disability or you're a VIP. So, hey, where are you at? Oh, CJ, CJ. (laughs) I love this. This is wonderful. I feel like you said most of what I want to say. We all know if you listen to this podcast or you've listened to my other podcast, I really hate Lightning Lane and Genie Plus. I think that the balance is totally out of whack. I feel like there was times James and I actually were in line at Disney World for Soren, and it felt like forever. The line was moving so glacially slow that people would like sit down and like eat lunch. And then like the line had not moved. And when we got to the front, I asked and I think, what was it, James? Wasn't it like that they were letting in like six lightning lane? Well, it wasn't lightning lane at the time. Fast Pass Plus 
to like one standby guest or some ridiculous number or 10 to one or something like that? They, they were at 10 to one because he said they had a high volume of FastPass Plus people at that time. So they needed to move the line. And so mm-hmm. they yeah. moved it to 10. Yeah. Ugh. So yeah, every, you know, 100 people that go in, 10 standby people go in. And it's like, no, that's not right. And I think that's all screwed up. And I and you see this happen when attractions go down that they have to accommodate those guests that had those return times when the attraction was down. So you get a situation like we did it at Guardians of the Galaxy a while ago for Mission Breakout, where the line was moving pretty good. And then for some reason, we got into like that little first room and we didn't move at all. And it was just lightning lane person, lightning lane person, lightning lane person, lightning lane. Like we didn't move. And I was like, we were moving pretty good. What the heck happened? And it was just lightning lane, lightning, lightning lane. I like Teresa's idea, which you also said, CJ, which is, well, and Eric, that they just need to make it more expensive. If you go to Universal Studios, they have a VIP kind of thing. It's $300. It gets you the front of the line pass as many times as you want to go on stuff, blah, blah, blah. It gets you a lunch and all this stuff. It's great value. It's way better value than the VIP stuff at Disneyland. But I think that's what they need to do because there's just too many people utilizing it and it makes it a bad experience for everybody because you either come back and now you're waiting in a lightning lane line to get in because there's too many lightning lane people. And if you're standby, you're not moving and also don't have it on dumb things. If you go watch, there's a great YouTube video that posted about a year ago from defunct land. It's an hour and 43 minutes long, but I highly recommend that anybody listening to this go watch it really good. It's really good. It talks about Disney's fast pass and how it ended up where we are now. And basically they started adding it to dumb things because of all the stuff you guys said that in Disney world, that we had all these resort guests that could get stuff early, but then the regular guests, when it came time, like there wasn't anything available. So they had to do something to make it available. So then they added it on meet and greets and they added it on reserve seating for shows and they added it on all these dumb things. It's tough to be a bug. (laughs) Yeah. It's like on all these dumb things. (laughs) Like one of the attractions they just added it on at Disneyland is they added it on little mermaid. And that attraction was great because you could always get in and that line moved. And now Lightning Lane is going to be there and it's terrible. An attraction that has Lightning Lane that's awful, Monsters, Inc. Mm-hmm. Monsters, Inc., the line moves at a decent pace until there's Lightning Lane. And then you are glacially moving and there's always like a 45-minute wait. It's not an attraction that deserves a 45-minute wait, people. So anyway, I think if Disney wants to make more money, they should raise the price of whatever service they're going to do, have less of them. And it's going to sell out anyway, like you guys said. People are going to pay. It doesn't matter. And then, I don't know. They they make a lot of money now. I don't know why they have to continuously make more money than they are, because they're making a lot of money. But I wonder, whatever. I wonder maybe if they just changed the value of it or something. So so growing up in the Midwest, I was a big Six Flags person. Like I bought Seasons Passes there all the time. And when you wanted to get something like this, you'd buy something called the Flash Pass. It was like the same price as admission. And you get like... I don't remember, it was four or six stamps. And so you could use it on four or six attractions. Mm-hmm. Like they had the number that you could choose. And so you'd use it on the big ones. So everyone would go over to like Raging Bull or Batman. Batman. <laughs> yeah. All the good ones that you'd want to use it on. And so you'd have to be mindful of which one can I go in instead of getting all of the attractions. And so maybe that's the better way of limiting your people instead. That sounds like yeah. like maybe they could bring back the ticket books and make it really expensive and they could do like A, B, C, D, E, and you have an allotted number per each. And See, I love that idea because one thing that people struggle about, and actually are one of the next questions we could talk about too, is how do you 
determine if an attraction is popular. Well, if mm-hmm. people had to pay to go on the attractions, you'd find out. So maybe buy ticket books again, have ticket books, have an electronic ticket book, put it in the app. I know it's buggy, but like put it in the app because you know that's what they're going to do. They're not going to have ticket books. But then also (laughs) lower the admission cost. Some people don't want to ride rides. Lower the admission cost. Let people come in and buy merch. Let people come in and watch a parade. Let people come in and eat at a restaurant and not pay for the attraction part because people come for different things. And then if you're not a big rides person, your day's cheaper. You can buy food or whatever. I like this idea, but I'm sure people would be all upset and everybody would be like, Disney's screwing us in a hundred different ways. Anyway, another great round of discussion. If we keep going, we'll just go all night. <laughs> Let's move on to our last question, which is probably also going to be controversial from James. Oh yeah. We're going to keep going all night. No good. <laughs> so good luck, everybody. My question is, what is your take on the balance between preserving the nostalgic charm of classic Disney attractions and introducing new cutting-edge experiences in the parks? How do you think Disney should navigate the delicate balance to cater both longtime fans and new audiences? Eric, good luck. You get to start us off. Oh, my goodness. Thanks a lot, James. I appreciate (laughs) your insightful questions. (laughs) My goodness. I mean, in some ways, I mean, we we know we know the classic, you know, Walt says the parks will never be complete because he always wanted to plus things up and add things. And for a place like Disneyland, we're we're mostly out of space, so we can't do what they what they did at at the Magic Kingdom, for instance, when they said we're going to put in Tron and everybody's like, you're not going to take away Space Mountain. You're like, no, we're just going to, like, make the train go a little further that way. And we'll put another ride there because we have the space. Space Mountain's getting a neighbor, folks. A neighbor. Right. <laughs> right. We've got 11,000 acres or something left untouched. Isn't that what Josh said recently? Something like that. Daddy tomorrow. And <laughs> <laughs> like, that's that's one thing. But at what point? I mean, we've got so many of these attractions and we've seen so many times before where we've got these attractions that have become sacred. Like, okay, I agree. No one should ever touch. No one should ever get rid of It's a Small World. But we could do stuff to it. We put classic IP characters in there, and everybody got upset for a little while saying, uh, you know, string them up. But then we saw it and we're like, oh, that's that's pleasant. That's cute. We like it. Like, we can do stuff like that to classic things. But where, do, where what are the other new classics that are impending? You know, it, the people mover got taken out. No one was riding the people mover. Now everybody says, oh, I miss the people mover. Horizons at Epcot was taken out. No one was riding Horizons. You could just go on and on and on and on if you really wanted. And now everybody's like, oh, man, Mission Space sucks. I wish we still had Horizons. It, sure. It, you know, something's gone. You're going to treasure it. But I don't know. I think just keep rolling the dice and taking things out and updating them or take the things that are currently there and make put in something nice and new and clever. Take Winnie the Pooh and go, well, we could do something nice with this. People seem to like it, but they don't like it a ton. Maybe there's a new animatronic we could put in. Maybe there's a new effect we could put in. Invest money into the things that are there. We don't need to have this giant blockbuster stuff all the time. And I think they're starting to do some of that. They've talked about reinvesting into the parks in different ways and it's not just coming up with something fabulous and amazing it just doing something small will fight against 
you know, the the urge to drive up to Burbank and and go to the Super Mario World or go to Epic Universe. Putting something in that makes people go, hey, did you know that Pinocchio's got a new scene? Really? Pinocchio's got a new scene? That's weird. But it like it worked for Snow White at Disneyland. Like the the refreshing of that was clever and nice and brought in some new effects that they used at Walt Disney World in in the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Like that was great. I think focus on something like that. And over time, if you still see things that people aren't engaging with, then fine. You know, find a way to either plus them up or cut them and put something else in. We've got all this new IP all the time. I don't know. I, I'm not really answering the question other other than saying make it a balance. Update some things, cut some things out, and put something new in there. Maybe that's kind of an answer. CJ, maybe you have a better answer than I do. I really, really struggle with this. My degrees in history, I used to teach history. I have a very strong appreciation <laughs> for history. And especially Disneyland is a very special place to me. And, you know, it's something I kind of like hyper focus on. And so it's very difficult for me to see changes to things that I grew up with or things that were there before I was born that have largely stayed the same. It's very difficult for me. So I look at things like Jungle Cruise and Pirates and Haunted Mansion, and I'm like, do not touch these. These are classic, like leave them alone. They're still telling a story that is relevant to a lot of people. But Snow White's Enchanted Wish, I think is a great example of how they were able to bring in some new technology, refresh it, and still stay true to a classic story. And that that classic story makes sense for where it's at in the park. What I struggle with is when they start bringing in stories that don't make sense for what, like, it's setting. You know, I look at Cosmic Rewind in Epcot. That makes no sense to me. Where does that fit in? And then they start talking about the first out-of-this-world pavilion. I'm like, okay, so you're, like, stretching it to make it fit in Epcot. Doesn't make sense to me. If it were me, I would have switched Tron and Cosmic Rewind. And, you know, Tron is very 80s and you could tie that back to the world of motion and make it work for Epcot. Yeah, I just I really like to see attractions that make sense for their settings. And if they do, then great. If they don't, then I'm really questioning a lot of things that Disney's doing. (laughs) And I also wish they would put more effort into making new things coexist with older things. So I think about Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway in Hollywood Studios. It makes a lot of sense in Hollywood Studios, but why did it have to come at at the price of an attraction that made a lot of sense for Hollywood Studios? They could have updated Great Movie Ride, and they just didn't for some reason. I think about all that dead space over by the Disney Junior show is and the the Little Mermaid shows. Yes, they could have put Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway there and created a whole Mickey and Minnie Toon universe back there. Why didn't they do that? And now we have a huge dead corner of the park. That park does not have a lot of rides. So the wait times are really long. Like, I just don't understand some of these decisions sometimes. So in all, I guess I tend to lean more towards like keep the nostalgia. Like that's a special thing in American history and culture. And I don't like to see it change, but I'm accepting of it if it makes sense. So Tage, what are you thinking? I'm curious. So, CJ, first of all, you don't buy that Peter Quill went to Epcot as a young kid, and that's oh, why they're there. It, bo- it bothers it, me so much. It, it's it just, a hilarious shoe. It doesn't shoehorn. make sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know, but people who have ridden it think it's like the best, better than even the Star Wars. I mean, existed, so don't get me wrong. It's a very fun ride. It's a fun oh, yeah. ride. I just look at the setting and I'm like, why Epcot? Yeah, I, I don't know. 
So I think I have a good balance here. We'll see. So <laughs> we interviewed Terry Harden on DL Weekly probably a year and a half ago now. She's a former Imagineer. She designed the dragon that's under the castle in Paris. She worked with Michael Jackson on Captain EO. Like she's done a lot of cool stuff for the parks. But she said Disneyland, not the resort, the park, Disneyland Park, is the only park that Walt Disney designed and walked in and had input on. And if you replace things there that Walt did, you can never get that back. Once you replace something that Walt worked on or something that was in that original park when he was around, you can't just rebuild it and have it back. So I think that at Disneyland, in general, Tomorrowland is is not on part of this because Tomorrowland <laughs> needs a lot of help. But for most of the park, Pirates, Jungle Cruise, Tiki Room, yes, Tiki Room, Haunted Mansion, all of those things... Even I mentioned to somebody before Tom Sawyer Island. Oh, gosh. Thinking yes. of an idea of putting an attraction there. But Walt himself laid that out yeah. and like it's his thing. Yeah. So you can't get that back. So I think Disneyland Park should be the least get rid of and replace an attraction park of their entire empire. Now, Tomorrowland ripe for i mean they they screwed that up if they would have left the 1967 tomorrowland and we were having this conversation today i would say leave the 1967 tomorrowland stuff because it was wonderful the people mover there was a lot of you know skyway buckets there was a lot of like kinetic movement that tomorrowland desperately needs the rocket jets were up on top it was a thrilling attraction like i would go out of my way to ride that at disney world i do ride whatever they call them at Disney World because it's thrilling. You're up and above. It's not another like Dumbo, whatever. And it's right there on Main Street. Like that doesn't look right. Anyway, Disneyland should stay basically how it is and certain things should stay where they are. Tiki Room is something that comes up a lot. Tiki Room should stay because it was the first audio animatronic attraction. It should be on like a national historic register or something like that. Same thing with <laughs> Abe Lincoln. I know people get really crazy <laughs> with with Abe Lincoln and they think that Abe Lincoln should go away and whatever, but no, it was the first humanoid audio that that should stay where I think they can do stuff at Disneyland specifically is keep doing the stuff they've been doing. Add enhancements to the attractions that are there tastefully. They've added the hat box ghost. People love it. Whether you like it or not, they've added stuff to pirates. They've like plussed things, which Walt always wanted. The Adventureland Treehouse just opened. And I think that they did a wonderful job tying that in, like you said, CJ, to the land. It ties in with India. It ties in with the Jungle Cruise. It fits in Adventureland. There's a story there. It's not an IP-based story. Like, it just works. There's plenty of room at the Disneyland Resort to do IP, to do new things. The Hollywood Pictures backlot, the whole back corner is like garbage. Like you could replace all of that. Monsters Inc. isn't that great of an attraction. You could replace that. There was the old empty building where they had the the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Then it was the Marvel store. There's the oh, other yeah. building that like sometimes they put Christmas stuff in that's next to the Hyperion. Like that's all great real estate <laughs> that you could do a ton of stuff with. There's the, and you know the area what? where they're... it's mostly flat. Like yeah. you take out that middle section where they have those like snack stands and yeah. it's a flat space. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tons of options. Yeah. So there's lots of options they could do there. 
California Adventure in general, like nobody there's there's very few things other than maybe Cars Land that people think is very precious in California <laughs> Adventure that like they would be upset like if it went away. You know, they talk about Disneyland Forward. There's all the stuff by the hotels they could add extra space. I honestly, in my opinion, I think if Disney wanted to really expand the expand the parks at the Disneyland Resort, that they would just write a frickin check to all those hotels on Harbor and expand over there. But they don't want to do that and whatever. So but for for the balance, I think that's what you do. I think you leave Disneyland alone. You do little enhancements like Snow White, like Tiana seems like it might be a good idea. Potentially, we haven't seen it, obviously. That all works really well. Put the new stuff in California Adventure. Do all the crazy stuff over there. Do it out in Disney World. Do it. Whatever. James, I spoke for a long time. I'll get off my soapbox. You might have had an idea when you come up with this question. I, I might have. I'm very, very <laughs> passionate about this. Oh, well, yeah, of course. This is like an attack on childhood, attack on nostalgia, attack on like so much of like people's passions you know, favorite hobbies, livelihoods, everything. Like, it's a big thing. And so that's why I'm going to ask people to not hate me when I say, I don't think anything should be safe. I think everything should After be- my whole soapbox <laughs> that you didn't get persuaded at all? Uh, I, love I, mean, when, I, hear, I love James's I hear, opinions. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, see, I see the reactions on our call. I can imagine the listeners too. <laughs> my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I, All right, James, we're coming for Space Mountain first. Great. Do it. If if there is a better idea and a way to really use the space, it should be done. And when I say use the space, I don't mean turning Alien into Stitch's Great Escape. Because <laughs> so often it just doesn't Stop work. stuff in the old buildings. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's limiting on creativity. When it works, like Snow White did, where they really redid the story and updated so many things at Disneyland, it's super nice. But it, it's not like this big wow factor thing that's that's going to get people there. I think your typical park goer, your non-local who doesn't go frequently, has no clue what the difference is. Well, that's why Disneyland's is a local park, and that's why I say it should stay the same, because <laughs> leave it to Disney World. Disney World, could you could tear down anything right? at Disney World. Like, Disneyland is the template. And the other places are the playground for the new ideas. There you yeah. go. And I, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> like, no, that it feels like a fair compromise in that one. But I, I think we as a society, especially I, I, like my generation, just loves all things nostalgia. Like, I, I think about like when the pandemic happened and everyone was so excited to watch the show Friends again. Everyone just wanted that feeling of something that was familiar, that they liked and enjoyed. And, and so you have all these memories that just go with it. And that's why we get things like you were talking about horizons, the people mover, the things like, oh, I remember the good things about it, but I don't remember the things of why I didn't actually go and ride that at all. <laughs> and so I, I think there just has to be a free range opportunity of like, here's the space, make it what you think can be something really extraordinary. And then we can have these opportunities for whatever does move us forward with technology, with memories. And I'd love it if they could do it with a way of like keeping a homage to something, you know, like Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway with the, the nice little nods throughout the attraction of what it replaced, what it took over. That attraction and the revamp to Toontown has been just so uplifting. I mean, Tig, we've been talking about how you never thought you'd hear someone would say, I'm excited to go to Toontown at Disneyland. <laughs> and it's True. a real thing now. Like, they, they were willing to really throw a lot of things around. And then they played it safe on some by making it Chip and Dale's Gadget Go Coaster. 
rebrand that didn't need to happen other than people <laughs> like me who thought Gadget's Go Coaster was actually Inspector Gadget related. So yeah, not not something. So I your angry emails in. can go to trivia at dlweekly.net. James gets that email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. You know, I I would have a hard time seeing stuff like Haunted Mansion and Pirates going away. Like they are absolutely the staples. And if someone's gonna make an argument for here's why this space needs to go away. I think they got to have something really dang good because I am super hesitant of what Splash Mountain is going to become with Tiana's Bayou Adventure. Because again, we are taking an existing attraction, an existing track, maybe some changes, but it's just not going to feel fully like Tiana's Bayou Adventure to me. And, and that's that's where I'm struggling with the like the resistance of that full-blown, what could we do if we really want to make this? What do you think about Mission Breakout, though? Like, I think that that was really successful. People thought that was going to be terrible, and that ended up being pretty successful. Yeah, I, I agreed. That was a good one. The lobby still bothers me because I still feel like I'm walking into a hotel, not the collector's place, because <laughs> it, it doesn't feel anything like what sure. I remember at Guardians. And so we, we just don't have that space, even as we go to the, the lifts. Again, it was just like, let's make this work. Sure. So we wrote a story around the existing ride system. It is fantastic. They did a really nice job making it a more thrilling ride with so much more going to it. But then it's like, even at the top, when the door is open, it's like, oh, look, it's Disneyland. It's like, uh-huh. Because <laughs> I guess Star-Lord goes to Epcot, so he's probably been to the California <laughs> park too. So... Um, <laughs> so it's it's just hard for me of like, yeah, it's great, but it could have been something else. It could have really helped either anchor Hollywood land that just kind of needs something or really be that gateway into Avengers campus. I, I just, I feel like the Imagineers when they have that free reign of make it something, make it something amazing. And they don't have the limitations that exist of what's already there. I think that could be a, a big uplifting thing. I don't want to keep this going forever, but I do have a question. I want to go quickly around the horn because we're talking about things replacing things. Do we think Avengers Campus was a good replacement for Bugs Land? No, CJ? no. I've been once and it felt like a corporate park. It was boring. It was flat. It was gray. And thinking about how vibrant and detailed Bugs Land was, I really enjoyed that. And also as a parent of two small kids... That was a place where you could park your stroller, get on four rides, five rides, whatever, and move on. And that doesn't really exist anymore at California Venture. Eric? I can see that. Yeah, because it was the only the only kid place and it, that it served a vital role. And Toontown doesn't fill that role necessarily. And it's, you know, way the heck across the Esplanade. Personally, as a person who likes Marvel stuff and yeah, I, even then, I... I don't know. I, I just walked through Bugs Land most of the time to get to Tower of Terror. It, it wasn't a place that I stopped. I don't have any affection for any of the rides. The bathrooms were always very clean. <laughs> I do appreciate all of the food options there. I appreciate all of the shows that are there. The Spider-Man thing, the Doctor Strange thing, all of the little skits they put up on top of the building. I just wish there was more to do. They, they have filled it out with some interesting things. So I kind of like I, I do like that. It is for sure. me, a person, a childless man. <laughs> it's <laughs> it. It's another interesting thing to do at the park that keeps me around longer. And I like having breakfast there. So I like it, James. 
I think the idea was good. I think the execution is poor. I yes. think when we look at what Galaxy's Edge did, it is immersive experience all the way around. There is shade. There are places yeah. to sit. There are good <laughs> places to eat. The two attractions that they have are very good to outstanding. And in Avengers Campus, it's it's just, it's not. Like, there's a lot of space and it just feels like a lot of wasted space. And I like CJ's description of it. It's just kind of like plain. Like, yeah, it feels like Google Campus or something. Like, and I'm not a Marvel person and I'm not a Star Wars person either, but Galaxy's Edge captures my attention. Avengers Campus does not. Yeah. yeah, I think I think I'm with you with the kids stuff because there was there was more attractions there in the old land, even though there were kids attractions and there are in Avengers Campus. There was shade in a bug's land. You know, we could just go back. Why don't they why didn't they build Avengers Campus where the Hollywood Pictures backlot is? That would have been great. And what are you gonna get rid of? You're gonna get rid of Muppet Vision 3D, which they got rid of anyway, or mostly got rid of because now it's PhilharMagic. And they would have gotten rid of Monsters Inc., which that's also a kid's ride, so I don't know. But anyway, Eric, get us get us out of here. <laughs> right. That does it for this episode of The Hub Crawl. We would like to thank our guests. Where can people find you? What do you want to plug? I guess I'm starting with James. Please don't <laughs> stop listening to this because of my bad opinions. I really... <laughs> I really like that Tag has an outlet to talk to people about Disney stuff. As much of a fan as I am, I am nowhere on his level. So please keep listening to the Hub Crawl. Please keep listening to DL Weekly. Give him people to talk to about all things Disney. Thank you very much. Watch that episode of Fresh Baked. Find me in the background. <laughs> What's funny is I'm also in the background, but James is actually like his face is like right there. Looking like he's the hanging camera. out with. Yes. <laughs> where it is my back to the camera. Even though I was the one who said, hi, David. And he was like, hi. And then seconds later, you see James. CJ, where can people find you? So I have a podcast called Park to Park Podcast. That's Park to Park with the number two. Me and my sister do that. We compare Disneyland Resort to Walt Disney World Resort on a variety of factors. And then I have an Instagram and website, theweeklymouse.com or theweeklymouse on Instagram, where I document like my family going to the park and looking at things from the perspective of a family who visits with special needs. So Eric or CJ, I think we need to have an episode of either the Supreme resort or park to park <laughs> where the two park to park, like comparing podcasts have to come and duke it out. I think or that both. would be fun. <laughs> there you go. Teams. Hey. We'll set it up. Yeah, I'm I, I want to listen I, to some of your your episodes to to hear your your take on some of the things that we've talked about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, my sister and I we come from different perspectives on things, and sometimes we really agree, and sometimes we're like, "What are you talking about?" So it's very entertaining. <laughs> well, CJ, you and I agree on a lot. A lot of the stuff you said tonight, I'm like, "Wow, she's taking the words out of my mouth." Well, join us next time, everybody, where we will continue to talk all things Disney. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) 